Miriam Tazi in the house. What's up, Malcolm Riddle? You like that, don't you? I like how you just broke into my name like that. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Big old intro, you know what I mean? <laughs> AWA up? in the house. AWA? That's right, the African with attitude. Oh. <laughs> Man, I gotta remind you, don't I? Yeah. Huh? I forgot I have a, a character name. You do? Yeah. So welcome to another episode of American Riddle People. We're in full effect. What's up? That's what's up. Don't ask me what's up, because you've been listening to me complain before the mic went hot. (laughs) Lots up. We're down. She called it earful people, Mm -hmm. but so shall you, because you're in for another episode of American Riddle, and I already said that, so I'm repeating myself, (laughs) but we're back, and uh, yeah, so we are coming off of uh, last weekend's release of Straight Outta Compton. Which was, uh, I guess you could say, it was groundbreaking for the amount of numbers that it did. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, it blew up. It blew up the spot. I'm glad to hear that. It's awesome. It was great. It was so. a, yeah, it was. I, I've seen it three times so far. <laughs> three so times far as well. Yeah, no, I feel I, like this is going to be one of those that you'll watch maybe ten times. Well, it's first first shot up. I, I shot out. I. I uh, or first time out, should I say? I went and I took took my son, you know, mm-hmm. took the thirteen year old and his his little cousin. So we we went out and uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, you know, when you're thirteen, I think you know his cousin's younger than not a few years younger. You know, it blew their minds <laughs> straight up. You know, when you see that first rated R movie, and I've seen a lot of rated R movies, but like you know, when there's certain certain films that I guess you're connected to that you're bonded with that you identify with uh, you remember that and, mm-hmm. and that was the point well i think I mean? it's cool that you you know you were like you were telling me how that was such a real time for you and you remember it and you were trying to like play that music and stuff when you're djing it's just funny that now you're getting to see that movie with your son and it's like it's a different way of revolutionizing his his world you know what i mean so it's just to see that generation um, change and stuff, I think it's really cool. But I'm glad he liked it. I'm glad. Uh, Blew his mind. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? Of course. I mean, I'm not and surprised. not just not just the titty scenes, but the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not that much. The it's the the, much the message as, itself. Yeah. No, it was fine. It was you know. I mean, the way I look at it. I mean, they could not have that in there. You if, know what if, I mean? Yeah. If he's going to do anything or see anything or experiment with anything, better he do it with me first time out you know what i mean yes we can learn how to do it yeah responsibly yeah hopefully we just know what's up i'd rather be there you know just just questions if there's you know it, it could be anything that he experiments with you know except <laughs> you don't want to be, be there. there when he's like with a girl dude <laughs> you don't want to that's oh, yeah. weird could you imagine dude, my dad's prom. here <laughs> yeah, school dance pops is over there in the corner thumbs up you know what i mean <laughs> would you chaperone? Like, would you do like a the dance chaperone? No, because that's gonna mess his game up. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only way I would do that unless there was something in it for me. You ah, know what I mean? If of the, course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. You know what I mean? Let me turn this down so we can get down to it, people. It's my boy Giovanni Ramirez making the beats the way I like them. Mm. Like that boom. That boom what? <laughs> boom bap. You know what I mean? I, I can't get my word. My mind is a thousand. That's the thing, people. You, you, you listening need to understand. I have a thousand things going on in my brain. So when I stutter or when I do something on 
on set, it's because I got a billion things going on. Not to mention the audio issues that I have on every show. This one being the input jack of the computer that wasn't lining up or something. I don't know what it was. Took a second. I'm looking at it right now like I want to throw this computer clean across the room. Don't do that. But it ain't going to happen. So Mm. I hear something. I hear things. What's that noise? Birds. Uh, (laughs) Maybe I got to pot this down a little bit. Yeah, so there's always something going on. But what was I just talking about? I forgot. Um, oh, yeah, being a chaperone? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, dude, in the college, time, so. Is it the only time you would be a chaperone is when? That's right. Is when? I mean? When are you going to be a Not, chaperone? I don't know. Never, probably. Dude, to be honest, because you don't... There's certain things, like, even, even right now, I don't have them. You know what I mean? When he's out with his, with his boys or his cousins and stuff, let them do their thing. You know what I mean? We went to the water park. Oh, yeah. Let them, let them run, <laughs> run wild. You know what I mean? Huh? I went to, uh, we went recently. Like the, lead, the lifeguard said you have to get out, not like, <laughs> the park is closed, get out. Yeah. No, you gotta let, you gotta let them do that thing, you know what I mean? Find their way. But, you know, there's certain things, of course, where they, they need an adult there. I'm gonna be right there, you know what I mean? Same thing, you know, when, you know, he wants to drink or he wants to do something, you know, it's, it's better that the parent or parents, uh, yeah, like you said, show them the right way. And that's the same thing with music. When I started feeding them several years ago, uh, Boogie Down Productions, when I started feeding them Dr. Dre, Snoop, uh, Eric B. and Rakim, I, you know, I started feeding them the good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even before I started feeding them NWA and Easy, I started feeding them, uh, you know, the basics. And then he'd work his way up to it. And he, I think he did. I don't know. I just He, he, had, he had the albums. He's got the CDs and everything. And then when the movie came out, yeah, it was it was on top of the list. <laughs> it was top of the list. It's I mean, a really well-made movie, so. Yeah, they did they did it right and the fact that they uh uh that uh Dr. Dre, Ren and uh Ice Cube and Yella were always on the uh always on the set. You know, that right there uh sh- you know, contributed to the uh Hands the, on, yeah, to yeah, the success and the and, and keeping it real, yeah. keeping it a hundred. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was uh, so three times so far. <laughs> yeah, he was he was bugging. Me. Well, he wasn't bugging me. He just he just said he would see it again. So we went we went yesterday and and saw it. And I tweeted out, I tweeted that we were going to go see it, and MC Ren retweeted it. The same, the same time, which I thought was cool, and that just goes back to my my whole uh, uh, you know fascination with social media, just being able to reach out and connect with anyone, you know, like anywhere. Yeah, because I've been I've been I've been rapping this week with Ice T a lot. I've been connecting with, uh, uh, of course, uh, you know, just being just the fact that Ren, even though it's just as simple as a retweet, which is probably nothing to most people that were born in this era mm. but to someone like me you know back in the day all we had all we had mainly was word of mouth magazines magazines <laughs> and magazines you know what i mean it was it was magazines how many people actually buy magazines you know what i mean we would wait each month the the, the upside of it was back in the day in the, in the 80s there was always someone who had a cousin in new york 
you know what I mean, or uncle or aunt that lived out in L.A. or something. And word just That's got around. Got the news, you know. Yeah, word got around quick <laughs> in the hood, you know, about this, that, or the other. Most of it, some of it was, was uh, you know, rumor. Some of it was urban legend. Uh, but a good majority of it, all of it was spot-on information. It's amazing how fast information would travel mm-hmm. in a world that wasn't, uh, you know, built around the quote-unquote information age like today, you know, the 24-hour news cycle, you know. And that's how we got information. So you're talking circa, you know, 1986. Hmm. I think the first time I heard NWA, it might have been late 86 or sometime 87, I think it was. And it was the NWA uh, and Posse album. Mm -hmm. I think that was the eight-ball Eight Ball Rolling, Dope Man, and Boys in the Hood. Um, those three songs. I'm pretty sure it was Dope Man and Eight Ball Rolling. Uh, I can't remember which order I heard them in, but at that time we just we we knew, you know, like we had we had groups. We had Houdini, you know what I mean. We had uh, we had Public Enemy, you know. There were groups out there. Stetsasonic, you know what I mean. The, the Ultramagnetic, uh, Boogie Down Productions. You know, there were groups out there at that time, but no no one really said it as with the commanding force as NWA. I mean, you know, we had Schooly D and we had people that, you know, that, that definitely delivered the news. And that's exactly what it was. Uh, it was, um, there, were, there were a lot of MCs and, and groups out there that were actually delivering the news, what yeah, was going on in their neighborhood. You know? You know? Yep. I don't think it was a form of glamorizing the quote-unquote, because it wasn't even called gangster, gangster rap back then. You know what I mean? It, 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 maybe an early, I don't know, I can't really try to remember this stuff, but it, it, was, it was said for a purpose and a reason. And so when I watch this film today and it's made, it doesn't surprise me that it, it, it resonates because the same stuff that's going on now was the same thing we were complaining about then. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it sad for me, especially. Yeah. Nothing's changed. Yeah. Ain't nothing changed. And the fact that no one's made progress, what does that say? The thing that worries me is this film that cost 20 something million. You know, 29, 30, just let's say 30 million. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but somewhere around there. And it's made 60 million and still making money daily. Mm -hmm. I think without any celebrity all-stars, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You had producers, celebrity producers, Dr. Dre and Ice Cube. There ain't nothing bigger than them. Uh, But at the same time, running the film... You know, in the film, starring in the film, there's no Tom Cruise, there's no Brad Pitt, there's no, uh, you know, there's there's no none of those big names that draw that, that Hollywood Hollywood is famous for green lighting a movie. It's got to have this person. Or who's yeah, but is uh, Morgan Freeman in it? Is he a teacher in it? Is he a police chief in it? Is you know Denzel in it to actually guarantee? Yeah, but I think that would have been distracting. And I think they actually like. Oh, it was great that they kept it real. Yeah. It was, it was so much better. All fresh new faces for the for the most part. I mean, you got my man Paul Giamatti in there playing Jerry Hella, mm-hmm. uh, and I love. I'm a big fan of Paul Giamatti, uh, but uh, overall, just all new faces 
with uh, a not so new story, but a powerful story. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. a poignant oh, sto- you, wow. story. Wow! Yeah, you know. You don't need me anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. What am I going to do? So you have, uh, yeah, you have the, 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 the story, and that's what the soul, that's yeah. one of the things we've talked about in this podcast time and time again. Yeah. What drives your product? doesn't matter what it is. You know what I mean? I was complaining before we started the podcast about the wine business. You know what I mean? Motherfuckers bojangling, mm-hmm. you know, jangling around. <laughs> and uh, what drives them? What makes makes your product different? What makes someone want to have your product? It's that soul. It's that essence, right? Yeah. Right? For sure. And, and same thing with the music today. We've complained about that. Mm-hmm. Even films today. What's what's driving it? Right now, everything's, everything is driving I'm gonna get back to Bo- I'm gonna get back to bojangling later, people. I'm sure. Trust me. The uh, if you're wondering what it means, <laughs> if you look at film today, it's just been overly exploited comic comic book genre. Everybody's got to wear a cape. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they do that. Hollywood does the math, figures it out, and then they run with it. One of my fears about this, based on its success, I hope that they don't exploit. This style of filmmaking, meaning they do more inner city films and exploit it the way they did. Oh, you know they will because of oh, the I know success they will. of this. Yeah, and yeah. but see what happens there. This is the original though, so it's going to be you know. Of course, it was like Boys in the Hood. You yeah. know what I mean? When Boys in the Hood dropped, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's going to be a new style or whatever. Not really a new, but they 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 and which is great anyway to put <clears throat> the light on stuff. But when you put the light, shine the light on an a specific area that's going on. And there are plenty of Comptons around the country and around the world, but specifically in the, in the United States. There's plenty of Comptons right now. Ferguson you have right now. You know what I mean? It's been going on for years. These aren't new stories. Black people have been get, getting killed for years. Years. Hundreds. Since we got here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, this is new. This isn't new. This isn't a new story. Will it be exploited? I hope not. I hope that we find a way to... I hope we find a way to uh, to get justice. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying a film will do that, but at the same time, we can't allow Hollywood to exploit it where 20 years from now, the same shit's going on. In 20 years, and then that our culture, the black, speaking of, of, of the black culture in America, is just stagnant. It just stays the same. There's no progress. And I don't want to hear people say, oh, well, the, the black people should, you know, do something about it. That's a, you know, look at what's going on, you know. Look at what's going on. It doesn't matter if you put cameras on. They did the, they showed the, the Rodney King beating in the film, right? Mm-hmm. And, um... The uh, the group was saying, well, we got him on tape. You know, it's a wrap. Not in those words, but that's what you're thinking. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Eric Garner got choked out on tape by the cops over a cigarette in New York. And motherfuckers are walking. You know what I mean? Brothers and sisters are being killed. Cameras are everywhere. What that's doing is it's 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 doing a lot with the cameras. And basically what we're doing is giving up our freedom. One freedom at a time by by allowing this. Does it make us safer? Hell no. You know what I mean? <laughs> at some point, hopefully, people are held accountable and maybe they'll think twice. But look at what it's costing us. And that's another podcast. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we go back to visit straight out of Compton. You know, it's, 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 
powerful film? Yes. Has anything changed since then? Hell no. Certain things, yes. Certain things have changed since 87, 86, 87. But what's going on in the inner city, how people are treated, not just black people, Latinos, uh, Arab Americans, uh, Asian Americans, uh, you know, white Americans. There are plenty of injustices throughout the country. And when we say fuck the police, that is our anger towards the system. Not so much to the police if we need a a police uh, men to come in uh, uh, to uh, you know help us if we're our house is being broken in or our car is being stolen or there's an injustice. We get it. There's there's good cops out there, you know, and the media thrives on on uh, show, showcasing the controversy and that rift between the inner city and police. But I mean, this isn't this isn't a new story. Yeah, it's a powerful story, and it's one that needs to be told. But I don't want to see it exploited. I really don't. Yeah. And I hope it goes all the way. I, I, I've watched it three times. I think based on the way uh, 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 Gary Gray shot the film, the way it's uh, presented, the way it's acted, uh, it's got Oscar quality on it. I've, I've watched it. I've studied it. It's, uh, uh, some of the stuff in it uh, I, was, had, was dumbed down just for the audience. It was, you know, there's certain, certain scenes in there. But overall, I think it flowed nice. I think it, uh, uh, the, it, 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 it hit on core issues within the inner city, within artists, within friends and family, you know, just all those subject lines of, of brotherly love, betrayal, jealousy, uh, just all those different elements. Greed. Yeah, greed. Uh, you know, it's just got Suge Knight in it. You know, it's just uh, had Tupac in it. You know, I mean, Snoop everybody. <laughs> I didn't expect that of the film. Like, I, I didn't expect uh, to see them. Uh, you know, in the they're film. all and part it was, of it, though. They were, you know, yeah, it was so. it was just one scene after another, and it, and it, it just connected the dots. Yeah. And those dots. Like that's are, the thing. It gives you the why behind the music. You know, and mm-hmm. it explains, gives you the more the context, the reality of it. It's not just. It's not just, you know, words that came out of for no reason. You know what I mean? Like, there's a whole background to it. So, I'm Powerful. glad people are, yeah, I'm glad people finally, you know, are, well, maybe, maybe not. I hope people are starting to understand, you know, because it's just, I don't want to be unrealistic, you know, because I know this shit still happens and it's still going to happen. Yeah. But I'm, yeah. Glad, I'm glad it's out. It's really good. It's sad that it's the same, but... It's good. It's going to keep building that awareness, and that's what we can do is educate. Yeah, we're not making this stuff up, you know what I mean? No, Every but just generation. bringing it to people's attention, you know, in a different form, you know, you know, in a, in a film or in a, it's almost like a documentary style, you know. So if they're not listening to the music, they can maybe reach them somehow. Uh, I mean, the music, yeah, it was great to revisit that, take a stroll down memory oh, the lane. soundtrack, and then, of course, the uh, Dr. Dre new, Dr. Dre's new album. Oh, that's really good right now. Yeah, this, <laughs> just, there's so much stuff going on. I love it. <laughs> and I said it. I might have said it on the podcast. I don't know if I said it or not, but uh, you know, I, I go on record saying it even before the movie dropped. I said that Dr. Dre's uh, Compton album is is probably the smartest album ever made in the past decade. And then before the film dropped, I knew that this was going to be. And he even said it. It's a soundtrack. Okay, people, if you were looking for. 
a gangsta album or you know that uh, more hardcore Dr. Dre album, uh, that style, then you kind of missed what he was saying. His his uh, imagining, uh, or should I say, the unfolding of the story within the story. And it just when you see the film, it just it just hit on every mm-hmm. every note. You know, the, the, he's a scientist. See it again. You know, he, he he's got to be the best producer of all time when it comes to music. I mean, he's right up there with any of the greats, but he may have surpassed them. I mean, he's been, just been doing it for so long, mm-hmm. and everything, every just about everyone that he's managed has uh, gone on to, you know, have some it's a very good amazing careers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's my thought on the film, uh, and I've got plenty more when it comes to that. But we do have, we got the wolf um, we're supposed to talk to straight out of L.A. You know, I'm starting to set up, uh, you know, set, set up uh, uh, soldiers, <laughs> you know, in different states. You know what I mean? In Detroit, you know what I mean? We got someone, we got Sam Riddle. In Oklahoma, you know, we got Blair Dutch, a.k.a. Mike J, a.k.a. Stone. You know what I mean? Now we got my main man, The Wolf. You know, if you guys aren't familiar and didn't listen to the last podcast, he checked in mm-hmm. on the voicemail and dropped some, uh, dropped a little bit of science about the Beastie Boys. Right. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's catch up with The Wolf right after this message. Yeah, I've grasped that juice. All I'm doing is contemplating the ifs. I don't want to hear about no motherfucking ifs. All I want to hear from your ass is, you ain't got no problem, Jules. I'm on the motherfucker. Go back in there, chill them niggas out, and wait for the cavalry, which should be coming directly. You ain't got no problem, Jules. I'm on the motherfucker. Go back in there and chill them niggas out, and wait for the wolf, which should be coming directly. You sending the wolf? You feel better, motherfucker? Shit, Negro, that's all you had to say. Get him on. Yo. What's happening? What's up? <laughs> the, the wolf in the house. How you doing, brother? What's going on? Just uh, smoking a blunt. <laughs> you're doing it big out in L.A. So I was just leading in, telling that uh, you're going to be my main man out there in L.A. So we check into. Uh, periodically to see what's going on, what's going down, and, and basically what's happening in Los Angeles. Oh, awesome, man. I'm down with that. You know, right now, I was just checking out the homie uh, Joey Diaz on Periscope, you know, just smoking a bone with him, and, uh, you know, just chilling. I was just with Joey Diaz, uh, what was it? I think it was last last about, Friday, yeah. About a week ago, right? Yeah, he was he was in uh, the D.C. area. He popped in and uh, we went to check his show out. Yeah, I thought I saw a picture of you guys or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know if I posted one recently, but you know, whenever whenever I get a chance to catch Uncle Joey, uh, I got to do it. I got to stop whatever's going on in my day and check him out. Uh, much love to that man. You know, he's uh, 
He's one of the funniest guys out there today. Yeah, have you seen him live? You know, I've seen him once or twice. Unfortunately, it's a shame how, how close I am to Hollywood. But it's just a bitch in traffic around here, bro. So, um, I've only seen him about once or twice. Yeah. But he, I know he's a fucking killer. Uh, he, he kills every fucking set. Everything he does is killer. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's a treat. I have to, I've got Miriam Tazi, my co-host. Uh, on the on the phone, well, on the phone in, in front of me, should I say? <laughs> hey, what's up? Hi, <laughs> I'm I'm the creepy strange guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're the wolf. We'll just call you the wolf from L.A. The wolf <laughs> there, <from> L.A. <laughs> there you go. So so, what up, Wolf? What's going on? What's what's the atmosphere like out there with the release of? We were talking about Straight Out of Compton. You know, the new right. film about uh, N.W.A., its rise within the rap community, within hip-hop itself. How's it feel out there? And you've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, I've seen it at least about six times in a row. You know? <laughs> I loved it, uh, to be honest. Um, it, it, it was a very um, landmark type of movie, you know? Um, it, it bridged a lot of generations. It bridged uh, different cultures, and it kind of brought everybody that wasn't up to date up to date. But at the same time, I, I was kind of disappointed. You know, there well, there was a lot left out. But yeah, like what? The soundtrack was awesome. Um, I want to know. I, a lot, a lot was left out. You know, um, just recently, I was reading that I, I heard D Barnes wanted to. Wanted to get in on on this uh, spotlight from the movie. Yeah, but Dee Barnes really wasn't wasn't instrumental. She wasn't an instrumental uh, part of the NWA story. Yes, she right. she was part of uh, Dre's he, history. Yeah, Dre's history and, and part of his evolution right. of uh, of which his the, uh, behavior. The movie, the movie was kind of uh, you know no nothing against Dre. He was the producer, so he's gonna you know show love for himself. It was a little narcissistic to revolve the movie around Dre. It, it just a little bit, you know, how it involved his brother, you know. Spoiler alert, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it was a little bit revolving around Dre. I saw that. And, you know, as far as Easy, Easy hated Dre and Cube towards the end. He hated everybody that was leaving Ruthless. Um, Easy wasn't broke at the end of the, you know, when he died. He was not broke. He was far from it. He had um, above the law. He, they made it seem like Ruthless only had NWA, but he had a, above the law. He had Bone Thugs on the on the the label by then, and they kind of rushed everything. You know, yeah. it was like they were in '84, '86, and then all of a sudden they're in 1994 you know and Tupac's in the studio <laughs> and Tupac hated Dre you know so there was that that little vibe there those that you know and then Suge Knight um there was no real introduction you know he was just there you know yeah, that's so, true so, there was a lot skipped <laughs> but it's a movie i understand you have to you have to put a lot in a little yeah yeah, you, you, you definitely are close to the story. And, and you picked up on some of the stuff that I picked up as well. Like, you know, D. Barnes, yeah, I, I remember that era, but I would have at least had Yo-Yo on there if I would have had a female right. in the there was, mix. There was, more, you know, there was more than one female. Like Michelle, Michelle A. and Yo-Yo, they were two that 
me growing up in the 80s, those were two names, especially in the early 90s. Like, Yo-Yo and Cube were like salt and pepper. You know what I mean? They yeah. were like sugar and sweet or, or salty and sweet, right? Sugar um, and spice. Yeah, sugar and spice. Sugar and spice. And everything yeah. nice. And I'm not even high. You know what I mean? Sour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm fucked up. I'm fucked up, people. You know what I mean? I, I should be doing a Periscope smoking weed. Anybody should be smoking weed. It should be me. But yeah, you guys know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, that uh, is not a lighter in the background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying, but yeah, to some, to put it all into a What did a, you think about it? Uh it, it hit home. You know, I I was spinning back in those days and NWA oh, yeah. was a uh was a group that I I picked up on early and it was one that was in my rotation that I would spin in house parties. I was on a lot of house parties back then and uh there were, you know, I've said it on this show before, there were a few times where I played an NWA album and oh. People didn't know how to react so much so <laughs> that I had uh, uh, I've had people tell me to turn it off. Right. You, you know, oh, yeah. they Even could not understand day. it back then. Even to this day, people still do that. People still look at you funny if you're driving down the street playing "Fuck the Police." You know, uh, any anything by Easy E. You know, uh, you know, uh, it it was just a way ahead of its time, and. They said it in the movie. Yeah, you, you give a little bit of truth and people lose their fucking minds. Yeah, people yeah. couldn't handle it. They really couldn't understand it back then. And even now, with what's going well, on... Well, the enemy was doing the same thing. Yeah. I mean, just because it was from the East... I mean, from the West Coast and there was a little bit money behind it. And the, the, the FBI and the CIA had the, their attention on them. It, it was... It was uh, it was a big, big thing, especially with the Rodney King thing, too. Yeah, I mean, that's, we were talking about that before the, uh, before you got on, that uh, this everything that was depicted in the film, it ain't nothing new. Especially, you know, it doesn't oh, have yeah. to... Uh, the, the Reaganomics, I mean, the, the whole uh, battle uh, tank that, that rolled up and uh, busted into the dope house, you know? That's how it was. It was crash. That's exactly how it was here. In my area, I lived less than five minutes away from Compton. This was happening on a daily basis, uh, almost every night. Yeah, it, it you know, I mean, people people can can identify with everything within the film, especially today. Like I, I took my son. My son's thirteen, and uh, you know, everything that he sees on the news, everything that he doesn't. Granted, he doesn't. I'm live- sure. I'm sure it was hard to believe that. There was tanks actually running into houses. <laughs> no, yeah, well, I mean, having me as a dad, I've I've told them all about those stories and and just what really goes on. And plus, I take him around different areas where, you know, he he knows what's up. And I think that's important for not just if you have children, but just people in general to see yeah, a film like this. Got, you got to be real with everybody. You do. You just can't be faking. Like none of this doesn't exist. Yes, this is a part of the ghetto. Yeah, and the ghetto does somehow indirectly. It always will involve the suburbs. Well, yeah, and even Compton itself, uh, Compton and places like where I'm from, Flint, Michigan, they're not really the ghetto. You know what I mean? Those were places that used to thrive at some point, but oh, it's, yeah. but at some point, the area around them decided to isolate them, and right. then op- the same opportunities that were granted for other areas were not available for those neighborhoods. Therefore, those neighborhoods started to starve at a certain point. Right, and right. W- within that starvation, you have uh, what's going on now, 
uh, some 30, 40, 50 years after the fact. So, I mean, Compton itself, uh, it, it didn't start out that way. I mean, no, he, these were nice. About 30 years ago, uh, Compton, 30 to 40, uh, less than 40 years ago, you could say, um, the, the government over here, they decided that all the Section 8 housing, which is basically government housing, and which um, people that are under welfare, they, that they would all be living in Compton. Basically, all the cheap housing would be in Compton. So they decided to move everybody there, and all the other not-so-colored folks decided to move out. Yeah, social social engineering is a motherfucker. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's, uh, I mean, it's totally a melting pot here in L.A., but if you go towards that the east side of LA, that that particular side, Compton, Watts, Inglewood, uh, you know, that's a little bit more west, but still nonetheless, it, it still had that demographic of of where the, the government wanted to place the underprivileged. So the, the overprivileged or the people that were uh, above the general population were definitely, um, you know, they they started to move out. Yeah. Yeah, it's so a, it wasn't it was not always like like the way it is today or or depicted as such a bad place. And now you got uh I see on the news that a lot of uh seen a couple posts and a couple tweets going around about how people are surprised there's been no violence in any of the theaters showing NWA. You yeah, know I mean apparently I mean? they had cops and stuff outside of oh, some yeah. theaters. A lot of them. Yeah, a lot of them. But yeah. I mean they stepped up the security and stuff like that, I heard. What do you think we're going to do? <laughs> you know? I mean, what are we going to do? I saw, really? Yeah. What would have been the worst thing that could have happened? I mean, maybe a shooting or two, but, I mean, th- it wasn't even a violent film. No, not at all. No. It was more educational than anything. There's nothing in there. I and mean, with the violence that have been going on within theaters aren't coming from the hood. I mean, the, the, the violence that have been coming going on in theaters have been random acts by people that were emotionally and psychologically disturbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were all lone wolves. They weren't, they weren't uh, working. T- uh, they weren't uh, organized people. They, they, were, they were definitely unstable, and they were off their meds or whatever it may be, and they, this just went off. Um, you know, it, this was definitely not a gang thing, these people, that the recent shootings. So the, the hype about the NWA movie having to uh, or possibly setting off some kind of violence, it, it, it was ridiculous. The, but nonetheless, I heard that the movie themselves, they, they paid for the extra security. Yeah, well, the, uh, the, the, the overall feeling, just I, I, I've, like I said, I saw it th- I've seen it three times in the theater. Uh, first time it was uh, semi-packed. How was the vibe but, up over there? Well, the first time was semi-packed, and the reason why I wanted to go the second time, uh, Miriam and I went, and I specifically wanted to go into more of a rowdy theater, you know. It was right. packed. Uh, and it was packed, you know. It was packed, and it had, you know, a lot of people in there. And I, I just wanted to gauge the audience to see how, how it showed. And the people, I mean, it, you know, there's a lot of laughter, you know, a lot of cheering, uh, yeah, that that one, uh, the one line that uh, Cube's son got uh, by Felicia. That that yeah, yeah. that was hilarious. I yeah. love that part. Yeah, that, that was. It was a lot of. There was a. It was well written, and definitely uh, the audience responded. But yeah, people have been coming out. I mean, you know, the, the three times I've seen it, 
we've had a good audience and good turnout. And you can see it, the the uh, the proof is in uh, uh, the uh, finances of it. Uh, it's number one uh, number one movie, sixty mil. Yeah, they, and they growing broke sixty, right? Yeah, it's, it's it'll it'll do good. You know, this the rest of this week and this weekend as well. And uh, like I said uh, before on the show, we were talking about. I you know I hope it goes all the way to the Oscars. I, I hope to see some nominations. Oh yeah, they they got to definitely take they they got to walk away with a couple so. awards. Well, whether or not I it wins so. or not is another thing. But I would like to see some nominations. nominations I mean, definitely. I mean for once. You know what I mean? This ain't the butler. This ain't 12 yeah. years a slave. This isn't, you know, glory. Exactly. You know, yeah. this, this ain't the Civil War. This, now, this granted, is the first time that a black male is yeah. depicted as a hero in a long time. Yeah, yeah. And this is not just your your superhero. This is your normal, everyday I like person. That. I like that. that. The you wolf. can relate to. The wolf called NWA the hero. <laughs> I like that. That's what I kind of... Dude, honestly... <laughs> Like honest, I felt like they were the motherfucking Power Rangers for a little bit when I was watching the movie. I love that. You know why I like that? Because I just, for me, that hits home just because, you know, I'm an old cat. So I, coming up, you know, in the 80s where they weren't the heroes, you know what I mean? Yeah. They were the enemy. And it was it was tough. And we would, we would play them. I mean, we... That, I, I've talked about this, how I would have tears in my eyes defending rap and hip hop and the artists. And, you know, we, we were just, and still are, we're just soldiers. We're just soldiers. Yeah, passionate about it. It's a lifestyle. It's a way of life. Yeah. And it was, it was a tough time, still is, but we believed in, in what they were saying amongst other, other groups itself. I mean, another group that broke down a lot of barriers that, that I hope to see. Uh, it broke down many barriers, and it united a lot of ra- people and races, and it went worldwide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, 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 they really were superheroes. They, are, they were the ones that set it off. I want to I I thank the East Side for starting, starting off hip-hop, of course, but the West Side took it worldwide. I want to say that. Yeah, West Side, West Side definitely... Uh, you know, took the ball and ran with it, and it's it's universal now. I mean, we had you know we got we got the we got the dirty dirty, you know yeah. what I mean. We we got Michigan on the map. We got Detroit. Oh yeah, everywhere. Uh, Southern uh, Houston, you know, all of them. They got rappers from Canada. They got Europe rappers from Japan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a it's, French ones. It's too. big, and, and and another another testament to this <laughs> film is, you know, back on your your hero statement was is the fact that these guys are still alive these are yeah. icons that are still alive that we need to embrace and now, hold up yeah while they're still around speaking of uh <laughs> mc ren just followed me back on twitter so uh, shout up. out to my you know power ranger number one there that's right <laughs> the ruthless villain that's right so that's what's up and then uh you have today is the birthday you know, they are real they're still alive yep. and they're still making music. The yeah. fucking soundtrack was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, uh, what was your favorite song off the soundtrack? What would you say? I like all of them. I'll I tell you why I like all of them. I like the way it flowed uh, yeah. one song into the other. I liked uh, Snoop's song. I love the way I loved the way Kendrick, I loved his presence on it and his flow. Like, if I listen, if I listen to some of Kendrick's stuff on his on his albums, it's a different flow compared to the way the way Dre produced him on this album. I definitely and like he's him on straight this out album. of Compton too. So I mean, <laughs> it, one and, and game game totally fucking killed it on this. 
Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was. And, and, and my point I was trying to make about these artists still being alive and us embracing them is the right. fact that uh, a lot of them have to find work overseas. I mean, all of them aren't Dr. Dre selling beats to Apple and becoming an executive at Apple. And, and, and most of them aren't. Mo- I, I've seen and worked with a couple of these guys. A lot of them are very independent. They yeah. have to go and find these shows themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and most of them... They, most- they hustle just like they did in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Don't think they're fucking balling like motherfuckers. They're just hustling like motherfuckers. Yeah, and well, they that's, that's my point. Most of them aren't in the movie business like Ice Cube and having those luxuries. They got to go out on the road, find these gigs, and a lot of them... Like the Blastmaster KRS One, it's his birthday today. Fifty years Not old, still doing it. They got to go overseas and find work, and they're getting paid big money because yeah, they the, get more respect over there. For that's some right. reason, that's yeah. right. Yeah, the respect that they got at these, at these, at this uh, day and age in this era, you know. Yeah. They they built a whole culture around themselves. I wish that would happen for them here too, though. You know, this is where it came from. Why is it overseas where they get more recognition? I don't really understand. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. I think it's because they just haven't stopped here. You know, so they're always around. They're pre- they're still alive. They're always active. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. think it's a little underappreciated versus the the Spoiled. rappers of today? <clears throat> Maybe. So, so that's that's where all the big money is going towards all the the you know the little guys, uh, you know, and uh, no one's really appreciating that that the hardcore OG shit. Yeah, yeah, and and back to your back to your question when you asked me, I had to pull up the list of one of my favorite songs. One of my favorite songs off the Compton soundtrack. I love Deep Water. That's one yeah. I like a lot. Um, I mean, there's so many of them that he just he just knocked it out of the park. You know, uh, musically and visually, I loved how he put together uh, the last song on the Compton soundtrack is yeah. uh, "Talking to My Diary." That's a yeah. beautiful song. Yeah, and I think it has Nate Dogg on it. If I'm if I'm wrong, uh, it might be another guy, but nonetheless, it sounds like Nate Dogg, and it should have been Nate Dogg if it isn't him. Rest in peace. Re- yes, and yesterday was his birthday. Rest yeah. in peace, brother. And um, he um, started the movie with the beginning, the intro to talking to my diary. So it was it was beautifully beautifully set up uh, musically, as far as how the movie went. So the soundtrack was awesome, you know. And it wasn't just N.W.A. and it wasn't just Dre by himself. I love that part too. Yeah, no, it was it, it was well balanced, well done, and uh, well received. And I look forward uh, to uh, you know everyone that it inspires, whether you're an artist or or whether you're a you know a parent that you want to show uh, you know the kids uh, you know what's up and what's going on, and 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 try to show them an, another way that we can all come together and make a change. Uh, you know, police, uh, government uh, officials. Uh, you know, people in the community, everyone needs to recognize, uh, you know, the the power of this story because it ain't a new story. Yeah, it definitely displays that once you tell the truth and r- rise up, come up a bit, you, get, you know, you definitely uh, you make a change. That's right. All right. My man, Wolf, man, I appreciate you, uh, you know, being part of the show today. Uh, well, how can people find you? Well, you're on Twitter. What's your handle? What's that? So- uh, John Wolf G on Twitter. Um, pretty much everywhere else too. 
you know, Instagram, and um, I think it's the same one on uh, Facebook. But nonetheless, uh, hit me up on Twitter and, uh, uh, you know, hit me up anytime you guys, you guys hit me up anytime you guys need something uh, or want to talk about anything that's going on out here. That's what's up, because uh, you're going to be, you're going to be my man. You know what I mean? You're going to be the American I'm Riddle uh, eyes. That's here. right. <laughs> boots on the ground. He already knows what's up. My man. All right. Thanks for, All right, uh, thanks for calling in. Thanks. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Later. Peace. That's what's up, huh? Got to have some closing music out for him. <laughs> <laughs> it's official now. Yeah. His own theme music. Yeah, it was. Uh... So he thought pretty much the same thing. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's spot on. He's spot on about a lot of stuff. Uh, sorry, guys, I was trying to like do a few things and mm-hmm. trying to do it all on. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. hard to do. <laughs> it's hard to manage the mixer, the computer, the sound, all and the people. <laughs> yeah, look at it, Jesus. Like, who do I think I am? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? How can I pull this off? I think it pulled off pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Good. He's good, huh? Yeah. You know. <laughs> I'm smoking a blunt. Yeah, I love that, like, man. Really? I love that. I wish I could be that free. <laughs> wish I could be that guy. <laughs> a name like The Wolf. You know what I mean? From L.A. Yeah. What's better than that? Mm. Yeah, no, he's right. I mean, you know, they, you, it's hard. It's challenging to cram everything within a two-plus-hour movie. I think this one ran over two hours. might have been two and a half hours. It doesn't really feel like it, though. It doesn't. It moves. And that's yeah. also because we are all really connected with the story. Probably. It really wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I think about it, sometimes I got to think twice. I'm like, damn, it hasn't been almost 30 years, you know, since the beginning. But even the 90s with the death row, the rise and fall of death row and all that you know, and uh, he's right. I mean, there are stories that really couldn't have been told. And I talked to my son about that, that uh, Easy was venomous towards Dr. Dre. And granted, he had to because you have to show face at that time yeah. on the music. Behind the scenes, they did connect. At least we got word, you know, through the through the grapevine and through uh, uh, people we knew in L.A. and and the magazines and stuff. And, and yeah, there were, there were stories that we knew about that when it actually showed up on the screen, it was like, wow, you know what I mean? Because this is how you envisioned it. Because, you know, <laughs> even in 91, there was no there was no YouTube. You know, there was... There was all the radio There was stuff. nothing. Yeah. You know, we would hear things about Dre and Easy, And just even when Cube left, I remember... We would just sit around in a neighborhood and we'd be like, you know, we were rolling with Cube. It just seemed <laughs> right, you know what I mean? I, I just remember we were just like, this. This seems, uh, this seems the right way to know that was still playing. It, it just seemed the right. He was doing the right thing. Like we were that plugged into. Dude, his son looks exactly like him. By the way, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Yeah, it's just it's trippy. <laughs> yeah, you know? I was like. No, yeah, there's but, a, yeah, it took him like two years to get the role. It's not like he was just handed the role to. I was like, yeah. okay, he worked for it, you know? No, but yeah. he did good. But, yeah. yeah, no, he definitely got fucked over in the beginning. Actually, a lot of the time. <laughs> but, yeah, I know what that's like. Mm, yeah, you sounded like Cube the other day. <laughs> Man, I'm tired of motherfuckers. <laughs> that's because people just, in general, when you're in business... You do have to protect yourself, and that's what a lot of, you know, if you're Jerry Heller as in the movie and in real life, 
you cover your ass so you don't get fucked. At the same time, no one gives a, no one cares about the team. They care about themselves, and that's a problem. But that's business, right or wrong, right? And you got to be able to protect yourself. I'm famous for not protecting myself, and so I can't be mad at someone when I when I see the parallels and the way I've done business over the years within this story. You know, you get fucked out of a lot of stuff, but at the end of the day, you're fucking yourself because you're not protecting yourself. You're getting pimped, and you're not being paid for what you, the amount of work you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's a situation that that I uh, I uh, I found myself in time and time again, and I find myself in that arena again right now, circa 2015. And yeah, I'm fed up. You know what I mean? I mean because you have these people that. Whether they promise you something or they string you along and, you know, you're putting in, you're grinding it out. You're putting in honest work, but you're not getting paid for it. You know what I mean? I pick up the phone or I send an email and this person's jangling, bojangling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I mean that. For those of you who don't know what bojangling is, they're dancing around. You know what I mean? It's a word that I'm bringing back. I used to say this. We used to use this word. I don't know. I think it was the late 90s, mid 90s. And... uh <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I don't like a bojangler. <laughs> I don't. My boy Dino was the one I think came up with that word from Culpeper, Virginia. Mm. That's right, Dino. Dino was hardcore, and uh, Dino, yeah, Culpeper VA in the house. Yeah, Culpeper's you know I mean? hard. Mm. Culpeper does have some hardness to it. Don't sleep on the country. Don't ever sleep on the country. Them country, them country dudes. Who do you think? Who do you think makes Those up real places like Atlanta <laughs> and Compton and Flint, Michigan? Those were people that were implanted from the country. Really, they came from Mississippi, Tennessee. You know what I mean? They came from all these different places because those places were they were sanctuaries. You know what I mean? Those were places of great opportunity, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, in the in the 40s and the 50s. Uh, those were places where you could get jobs in Hollywood, Compton, and you could get a job in Hollywood, make a living working on stage, on sound sets. Uh, uh, you know, you could work in and around uh, the greater Los Angeles area, and you would reside in a quote-unquote suburb of Compton. Mm. Flint, Michigan was the same. Flint, Michigan was uh, a place where people of all colors, but the black people and Latinos w- would migrate to because they would get a, a job working in the factories. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and it, was, it was booming. But when you strip that away, right, then you have nothing left. And that's the point I was trying to make with, uh, with the wolf was... And he understood it, the, the fact that when you take away the industry from a city or a state, right, and the people that make up that community, it doesn't mean that they're ghetto. They weren't, it wasn't always the quote-unquote hood in the, in a, in the bad way. It, it, it became that. Mm-hmm. Turned into it. Over a period of time. Yeah. Evolution. And that's the thing that people don't understand. So when I see stuff online, when I see stuff online about this is the worst place to live, don't go here, you know what I mean? You know, when I see stuff like uh, uh, people, you know, petitioning to uh, give money to animals, 
taken up for a fucking lion and stuff like that. That stuff bothers me to no end because of the fact they've already dismissed us. Yeah. They have no the res- they have no respect for us. Mm. Okay? They don't care about us because they think that we are doing it to ourselves. We don't want a better thing. But to see and to quote Tupac, you have to understand the same thing that white America wants is the same thing black America wants. The same thing that white people are afraid of is the same thing that black people are afraid of. No one wants to get robbed. No one wants to get raped. No one wants to get murdered. They don't, we don't want those things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. But it's going on. We don't want injustice on the streets from the people that are supposed to be protecting us. We don't also don't want to be dismissed as something less than. This is why you have Black Lives Matter. We're not saying white lives don't matter or Latino or Asian or anyone else. All lives matter. We get that. But look at what's going on. Mm-hmm. Look at what's been going on. Mm-hmm. And look at how the media, look at how the media and, and other outlets are portraying us so that you do look at us and see something less you know what i mean and you look at us and you see you 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 see some something that uh you can just turn turn your head away from you know what i mean a lot of people do they don't care so we have to make them care yeah we have to make them accountable and we will we will. I mean, I'm dead serious. And, 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 and the youth is doing that. I mean, the people that's, uh, you know, putting together projects like this film. And this is where, this is that area where I'm concerned that instead of giving the, the, the due recognition that it deserves, it'll be exploited. And you'll, you'll make more, quote-unquote, gangster music and make more gangster films Mm -hmm. where people will look at us and say you see this is how they are they won't get the message they won't understand the message they won't embrace the message you know what i mean they'll just look at it for what it is and what they want to see you know what i mean so this is where this is where it's going to get tricky and the executives will see it and you know hollywood will they will they will they embrace they embrace that money they understand that, and they understand the figures. Yeah. They understand the figures. That's they do why the, they're getting some attention because of the numbers. You yeah, know? they do the math. Oh, well, yeah. let's see if we put out a movie about this, and let's green light a movie about that. You know what I mean? And then before you know it, you know, everyone's being sold something, and then it loses its soul. Yeah. But that's where we, we need to come together and say, you know what? We won't license you. If it's another musical act, we won't license you this music to make this film unless it's done right, unless it's done properly. You know what I mean? They, they, we have to. We have, I, I'm, you know, not that anyone's listening to this podcast, but hopefully, you know, uh, other artists and other filmmakers and actors are understanding the, 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 the much larger picture what's going on and how we're being used. And... Uh, and, we'll and, and if we're going to be used, we need to be respected. And, and it's, it's just not happening. And I know it's not happening with me. 
you know, I'm not even in the entertainment business yet, but it's a, it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's not a, it's not a comforting, it's not a, uh, a good feeling to be used and not be uh, acknowledged or rewarded for the work that you put in. I'm dealing with a lot of janglers. Yeah. Because be bojangling, you know what I mean, with the currency. And I'm broke. You know? Yeah. So, Brother Ice Cube, big, big, big ups to him. I mean, like I said, even back in the day, like we were kids and we were listening to him and he, we just knew. We were like, yo, he's got to go. And he went and he took a chance. Yeah, he did. And Ice Cube is big. You know, mm-hmm. he makes it he makes it happen in Hollywood always. And he stayed true. You know, Dre, he, he, he same thing with Dre. I remember listening to Dre like, you know, you know, we talked about it on a couple podcasts ago. You know, I was 14 or 15 listening to Dr. Dre, you know, <laughs> listening to Dre on the world class wrecking crew. Right. And then when he did N.W.A., we were on board. Then when they went after Cuban them. We still were, but I was more on Cube's thing, and I knew you got to, you know, you got to pick a side. You know what I mean? They even said that in the movies. They were like, "You can't believe we let the, made the fans pick a side." It was just like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we did pick a side, but I was always in Dre's camp. But I just knew something wasn't right, something wasn't kosher. And uh, when Dre did Death Row, I remember the first time I heard the Chronic. I was in Flint, Michigan. Right. I was at my grandma's house, South Side on Church Street, and uh, yeah, no, I'm telling you Church the truth. Church Street. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> Keeping it real, <laughs> Miriam Tazi. And uh, I'd come up. I was living. I was still in Virginia. I was back in Virginia, but I came up, and I met uh, Earl. I met Earl, my buddy Earl E E C, aka E C Fresh. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the EEC, in the place to be. Mm. Uh, and it was me, Earl, and Johnny. And Johnny, Johnny used to live on Beach Street. Beach Street was a notorious street it was on the Beat Street? Beach. Oh. Be- it's like beach. There was a Beat Street where no, you were no. I was like, really? No, Beach Street was tough, man, because it was just a strip. And straight up, man, you, you, would get, you would get got on that street. But it was right around the corner from Church Street. And uh, Johnny lived on that that side, and uh, he came over, and they were just talking about Dre. You heard that new Dre? You heard that new Dre? And blah. And the way they were just talking about it, I was like, what? And he pulled out the cassette, and they started playing it, and I was just like, damn, Dre. <laughs> and we were just we were just reminiscing about Dre and oh, NWA and all that stuff. That was the first time I heard the Chronic, and then uh, when, when once that blew up, once that blew up, it was. Uh, yeah, it was that just whole West Coast. I mean, I remember listening to, I remember, I mean, it was just, I mean, I've always been down with Ice-T. Ice-T and I go hand in hand. You know what I mean? I mean, we. it was just, Ice-T was just always there. So I've always been an Ice-T fan. And, uh, the, but it was like MC8, uh, Spice One, uh, just a bunch of those cats. You know what I mean? King T. There was a bunch of cats I used to listen to from the West Coast, and it was just an explosion. Of course, you know, Snoop, uh, yeah, all, just the, the Dog Pound, the whole nine. I, mean, I don't know if you got any, uh, anything you want to add about your experiences with the West Side? I, me, it was really just Snoop West and Dre. Side. Yeah, I was, I'm from the East Coast, so for me, you know, 
I gave it a chance. I'm still open to you're, it. You're you're know? you're really East Coast. I'm very East yeah, Coast. Because yeah. <laughs> I was worried but. when when I gave you the, a copy of Drace. Compton. I still like it. I'm still. It's still growing on me. Yeah, I was worried because I was like, ah, that's not really her. Because you're, you're. St- when I think of you, I think most deaf. You know what I mean? I think tribe, diggable yeah. planets. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dela Soul. Yeah. You know, there's a certain Tazi vibe uh, <laughs> that that, and I dig it. I that was, you know, I I, that's, I went. That's my style. Yeah. yeah. No, I dig. Yeah. I, I dig that. I dig. I dig that flow. I'm with it straight up. Uh, but uh, yeah, the West Coast. I, you know, I've, I've I've always been, you know, both East and West. But when 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 uh, I remember, everything just seemed to stay the same. And I've talked about this on the the early, I guess, uh, early on earlier episodes of this podcast on how my distaste for gangster rap in the 90s and that whole 90s era because it just stayed the same. After a while, I was just like, uh. but this, we were talking like mid, late 90s. It was just kept, everything was, it just seemed that everyone was imitating everyone to I mean, capitalize. You gotta start thinking though, though when you see, evo- it's like part of the evolution of a genre. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, like, there's been... There's been waves, there's been ups and downs, there's been things. So I think it's just, it's like religion. It's just, it needs to grow, you know? It's just getting there. It's still, there's still things that are not fully developed, you know? But there's also things that were way before their time, so. But when I think about it now, just that period, and this is the the art, the genius of the film, Straight Outta Compton, is the, the connecting those dots. And I'm just, I'm crazy about that, that, that being able to, it's like a star chart, and you're able to map the universe with this chart. It's the same thing in the hip hop universe. So when they, when when we have the straight out of Compton film, it's the same as a as a guide to the universe. That specific part, and if you connect those dots, of course you can't fit in all the story. Like the wolf said, Easy was very venomous towards Dre at the end, and it's true he was. It was. I mean, if you listen to some of Easy's solo albums, not very kind. Mm. <laughs> not very kind to say the least towards Dre. Uh, uh, and same thing with Pac. Pac embraced Dre. Everyone wanted to work with everyone, from Rakim to Tupac. Everyone has wanted to work with Dre. You know what I mean? It's just that type of dude. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, after Dre left, you know what I mean? He left a lot of money on the table, and he left when he departed from death row. It was just a, it was a traumatic time for Dr. Dre. And his relationship with Suge Knight and that whole era, he left, and Tupac went after him. And there's albums where you know Tupac is is, is dissing, and, and Tupac went on a he went on a very venomous uh, rage also against everyone from Jay Z to um, you know Mob Deep to Big to I mean it was so much so I think it clouded his ability to execute and make the right decisions within his life. And and uh, it was an era where you could see that. If you had any brain, you could see. It wasn't a, it wasn't a matter of saying whose side, like Ice Cube and NWA, whose side are you picking on and who wins the battle. It was someone's going to get hurt here. Yeah. Yeah, this and, is just and, snowballing And, and right you could now. see where it was going. Mm-hmm. There was lots of money, lots of women, lots well, of drugs and alcohol. The media also made it very east-west, yeah. you know. Yeah. It, was, it was the way it was portrayed. And and you had access to, to all those things, money, MTV drugs. MTV was like, you know. Guns. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. And, and not only that, real, yeah. real gangsters. Mm-hmm. Like real crips and real bloods. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I, I had a lot of faith 
uh, in Tupac's talents uh, in the '90s, and you know, I I I pretty much put invested in him mentally, uh, him going on to be a, a far greater performer than a rapper or an MC uh, within the hip hop community. I thought he would go on and win Oscars. That's how I envisioned him. And uh, damn, I mean, he just got cut short. And I remember the night I was at work. I was at work, and uh, it was announced over the PA system. Really? Yeah, it was announced over the PA system that uh, that he had uh, he died. Uh, we knew he got shot, but I remember we were at work. I was working up in uh, Elk Ridge, Virginia. Uh, I mean, Elk Ridge, Maryland. That's when I was living up in uh, uh, Baltimore. And I worked at this warehouse, and I was running this facility. And uh, we had the guys loading trucks, and one of the other guys who was loading the truck got on the uh, on the PA system and announced it. Yeah, mm. and it sucked. Yeah, it was just like, I remember everything just stood still. You know, everything. You know, you know one of those times, you know, people were like, oh, I remember when Kennedy. I remember, you know, for us it was, you know, I remember when Pac, hmm. you know, died. I remember when Big got died. I remember when JMJ, when JMJ, Jam Master J, died from Run DMC when he was murdered, shot down. I had people calling me. Rico Phillips, who was on this podcast. Mm-hmm phoned me because they knew how close i was to run dmc and i think J&J. i called you for michael jackson yeah so i mean you know it's, it's stuff that you can read back to the the that era of the west coast you just knew Pac was in danger and you, it just wasn't going to turn out well but uh it's amazing when you look back and you connect those dots and you see dre and you see where you know the the cost that was paid you know what i mean when people see now let's say if you're you know born in my son's era you know, he's 13 years old. You know what I mean? They think of them in a certain way. They think Beats or they think, you know, Kendrick or something. But, I mean, you go back. That's why I said it blew my son's mind because... Yeah, he gets he, to know the, the history. Yeah. You know, it's like a history lesson. And then the beauty of it is people are now downloading, you know, America's Most Wanted, Death Certificate by Ice Cube. Oh, yeah. It's going re- reboot all of that again. Yeah, and that's important because hopefully, and that's why I said that the Compton album is so strategic and smart because it's inspiring in so many different levels. It, it, it single-handedly, or with the release of the movie straight out of Compton, I believe it's changing the trajectory of, uh, of, uh, of rap music and the hip-hop culture. Reminding them what's good. <laughs> and Sorry. <laughs> what's good and what's bad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what we need to do. So it's, uh, you know, we have a lot of work to do. And, you know, we need to get serious, you know. And, and, and you know, who better who better to set that, that course than Dr. Dre? Respect. Word. <laughs> That's what's up, Mariam Tazi. So, yeah, we had a whole straight out of Compton. Uh, <laughs> a whole podcast yeah. about it. Hope you guys like NWA, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, wait, what? Straight what are you up, talking about? yeah. Hope uh, you're still talking about. This yeah, still going later. on. Yep. <laughs> yeah, a little long-winded. Yeah, kept going on and on, but that's how it is in this show, people. That's right. I'm sure some of you may have already turned it off and aren't even listening anymore. <laughs> Imagine, damn, delete. Yep, remove from playlist. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Unsubscribe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. That's all right. We got the wolf boots on the ground. Is <laughs> like that dude. So that's what's up, Maram Tyson. What do you got? What do you got going on, huh? 
I've been running my mouth. What do you got? Anything good? You seen anything? Have I seen anything? I started watching Mr. Robot. Yeah, how's, how's that? It's pretty good, actually. Yeah? Yeah, it's pretty intense. A lot happens just in the first episode, but it's, it's pretty What's good. What's it about? Um, some techie, some really techie He gets dude. recruited, doesn't he? I saw two kind episodes. Of. I don't. Yeah, I basically saw two episodes too. He's like a hacker or something, and they the government recruits well, he, him. Well, the company that he works for gets hacked, and then they call him in to kind of like figure it out. Counter, and then, but the hackers are trying to recruit him through that as well, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. But so it's a cat and mouse game, kind of. Yeah, huh? yeah. I like stuff like that. It's I watched. Good. I watched one and a half episodes, and I turned it off because I just didn't have time in my brain to. I mean, fit there's it a in. lot. You kind of you do have yeah. to like focus. Yeah. You know? um, so no, I, I I enjoy that. I'm trying to find like new stuff. I, I I I started. Of course, I've talked about a couple programs on here, and have kind of stepped back away from them just because you have to have the time and have a clear mind to focus on. And usually, I'm doing stuff like emails and trying to line work up and trying to. Yeah, if find you're rewatching work. something, it's fine. But if you're just watching it the first time, that's what I was going to get into. I was segueing into. I started watching Breaking Bad again. Mm. So I was like, "Fuck it." You know what I'm going to watch? Wow. Walter White. Yeah, so satisfying. Wow. Yeah, it is satisfying. And I'll tell you what, the reason why I started watching it was uh, was because I listened to a podcast, you know, Mark Maron's podcast, mm-hmm. uh, the WTF podcast, and uh, the guy that created Vince Gilli- Gillian, is that how you pronounce his I think name? so, yeah. Uh, he was on there. It was an episode. I didn't realize... The backstory about it, fascinating podcast. If you if you get a chance, download that episode. Fascinating podcast to listen to, especially if you're a, a film student major or you just want to get into acting and film. I mean, he breaks down the whole process. Hmm. It's a very good listen. Uh, and he talks about how he filmed his influences of making that series and how it, you know, the birth of it. That's it's, cool. Uh, it, I might check that out. Uh, it, I didn't even know the what why. The why behind yeah. it. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. I always love the whys. That's yeah. my my whole thing with psychology and stuff for just sociology, just understanding why it it is what it is. That's yeah, good. you should listen to I it. I will. Find it. It's episode. Uh, yeah, Gilligan. Gilligan. Yep, that's how you pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> I second guess myself. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, twenty minutes later, I got a lot of shit on my mind, people. Uh, it's episode six twenty. Mark Marin. Uh, it's about an hour and a half long, so it's a good listen. Listen to it, you know, a little bit at a time if you're in traffic. Uh, but the cool thing about it was he said he shot the whole episode uh, series. <laughs> I couldn't think of it. You saw me. I went blank for a second. You saw my. <laughs> Should I say yeah. it? You saw it in my eyes. I was like, glazed over. I guess computers and screens. Stop. Okay, get to the point. What were you God trying to say? Damn, you the tried whole doing series. this. Series. Captain Kirk. Okay. You know what I mean? I don't know how he did it. Uh, you know, <laughs> he shot... <laughs> Sorry, people. Your mind is everywhere. Yeah. Mm. He shot the entire series on film. If not oh. digital. That's why I had that look. Yeah, I didn't even know that. So I was like, it look, he said people said he was crazy. People tried to t- talk him out of it. People tried to discourage him. Oh, wow. He said George Lucas ridiculed him because you know George Lucas is the one, mm-hmm. the forefront, kind of the leader, the father of digital uh, media. You know, so it's uh, or, you know, or digital uh, you know filmmaking. Uh, 
the reason why you have digital project- projectors in theaters now is pretty much credited towards George Lucas. You know what I mean? The reason why uh, episode one, two, and three are fucked up is because oh, of George oh, Lucas. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay, we got it. Jesus. But anyway, <laughs> he said, yeah, George Lucas chastised him about it. And uh, yeah, he said, he did you know, it anyway. did it anyway. And look at him now. Oh, and I went back and started watching it, and I was just looking at the detail. And I was just, you know, just head over heels. So yeah, I, I kind of, you know, it when you, sometimes you got to take a step back and stop looking at what's. Uh, these quote-unquote new programs, these groundbreaking, these epic shows, and sometimes you got to go back. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not, not like it was that long ago. It wasn't. <laughs> You're making it seem like... It wasn't, and neither, ne- and neither was Straight out of Compton. Neither was Fuck the Police. It's not like it was that long ago. Yeah. So sometimes you got to revisit it to, go, to, to move ahead. You know what I mean? Fair. Mm-hmm. So people... If you get discouraged, if George Lucas comes knocking on your door and tries to discourage you of whatever, whatever you're trying to do, whatever you're trying to achieve, you know what I mean? If the police knock your egg sandwich out of your hand and make you get on a, on your stomach like they did Ice Cube and Ren and Yella and Dr. Dre, don't let it discourage you. You know what I mean? Hit them back, write a song, create something. You know what I mean? Do something. You know? That's what we got to do. We got to keep moving and keep doing it, right? Yeah. We got to remember. We got to <laughs> remember. Malcolm's wisdom at the end of the podcast. <laughs> why don't you? Then why don't you close us? No, out, no, Mary you need to close it out because you know I, I mean? can't. I can't do it I, like Ice Cube. Okay. I, 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 what do you mean Ice Cube? Oh, the Domino motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. When like I that, saw the Dominoes in the move, sorry. sorry. When I saw that, I died. <laughs> what do you think? I've been saying. I've been saying Domino motherfucker. No, I know, for but I'm so glad I was in the movie. It's like immediately made me think coming, of the end of our podcast. M- m- motherfucker's coming to me all the time. It's like, yo, you know what I mean? I've been wearing. I've been wearing skull caps and black for the longest time. I've been wearing shell toes, white tennis shoes with black dickies, dickies. You know what I mean? Streetwear. Been doing this shit since '84. I'm not Sweet. new to this. Yeah, so that could be good or bad, right? <laughs> I told a motherfucker the other day, I had the same haircut since fucking, I don't know when. They ain't going to come to me at work and say, they pay $40 for, for a haircut. Young cats. 40 yeah. damn dollars. I was like, are you crazy? I was like, you know the reason why you're doing that is because you got it and you're young. I was like, but yeah, I'm going to give you about 15 years. You know? Mm-hmm. Let them get to their 30s. I was like, I guarantee you. You hit about 30, 35. You ain't going to be paying $40. <laughs> you know what I mean? For a number two? <laughs> you going to tell me you're going to go in there and get a number two? Oh, 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 you know what I mean? I get a part. I get a part. You know what I mean? He does a razor. He gets a part. I was like, is he changing the motherfucking blade? He's using a straight razor on you. You better be changing the blade. Yeah, and he shampoos it, and he gives me a massage. He? <laughs> Hold the fuck on. So there's no titties involved with this is what you're telling me, right? Straight up. Mm. That's what you're trying to tell me. These brothers is just... And I'm like, how many of you cats is getting haircuts from this dude? All of us. (laughs) (sighs) That's what I got to deal with, people. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I was like, well, he's getting it. They all want to get massaged on the scalp. All of them are getting massages. (laughs) All of them are getting the hot towel on the face. And I get it. Soft baby skin. You know what I mean? Mm. But I need something. Yeah, you know these are I mean? men, right? Yeah. Mm. I need a wrist, soft hand or something. I need a, you know, some, nails. something that smells like cotton candy or Fruit Loops. <laughs> I need something that smells good. You know what I mean? The, the, when they lean over and they're rubbing it on you and the titty kind of brushes up against me. I need something, a cleavage look. Something like that to justify $40. 
<laughs> so, I need some, work with me a little. I'm not even joking. I need something. Rub up against me for forty dollars. Well, that's all. You got to do more than that. <laughs> you got to do more than that. Let me. You have women rubbing up against you I'm all from, the time. I'm from the old school. You know what I mean? Cats, you know, forty dollars. You're gonna have to. I'm not. You know, you ain't got to do nothing lewd or anything Dude. like that. But I mean, for a haircut, we just know. You know what I mean? I've been paying. Yeah, 50. that's not at a barber's, right? That's, yeah, man, it's oh. a barber shop, and I get it. A fancy barber shop. Yeah, you, you got to pay rent, and they they pay in some other people. So that's why they charge that. But it doesn't. Like I say, it doesn't add up. Therefore, it doesn't make sense <laughs> to me. It does not add up. I fifteen dollars and tip them. I'm out. Straight up. I even talked to my barber about it. He was like, I feel foolish if I charge you $40. He's like, yeah, motherfucker, I've been getting the same haircut since 1989. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> ain't nothing changed. Give me a two. You know, sometimes I get the three or let it grow out a little bit. It's really short You know today. what I mean? But yeah, I got the two. Close two. A close two. Yeah, it's a close two. Could be two. a 1.5. Yeah, it's definitely a close two. You know two. what I mean? That's what's up. Yeah, I'm straight right line. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, I mean... <laughs> It doesn't change, man. It looks like it could be just drawn on, you know. And you're gonna take forty dollars, basically. <laughs> you know, if I get even if I give him fifteen, I give him five dollar tip. That's a generous tip. Twenty dollars amount, right? I come back the next week, I get a shape up. Shape oh. ups, he only charged me five bucks. I give him six. Tell him to go get a soda. You <laughs> can't even get a soda for that. I tell him that. That's the same joke I use every time. Get yourself something. Go get yourself a soda. And he just looks at me the same way every time. Word up. <laughs> hand to God. I'm not lying. Routine. Man, I, I'm just keeping it real, Miriam mm-hmm. Tazi. Mm-hmm. $40 for a cut. It's not That's, just a cut, though. It's the massage. It ain't working, though. <laughs> it's the hot towel. It ain't working. <laughs> so I got to get his callous hands. You know what I mean? It don't smell like cotton candy, and it don't smell like Fruit Loops. <laughs> I don't want it. Domino motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>